you know, I, I'm so glad that, you know, God's love is absolutely real. If you believe that, say amen. It's absolutely real. Sometimes you might feel like you're faking your way through life, faking your way through a week, even maybe faking yourself through church. Kind of, you're just kind of, you know, not feeling it, but you're trying to, and you're trying to be, the thing with God is that he never fakes it with you and me. His love is real, is as real as real can be. His love goes deeper than anything, and that's why we're here today. I don't know where we'd be without the love of Jesus. If you love Jesus in this place, would you give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place this morning? Praise God. And, um, you know, one of the things that Jesus came to do, he came to show us who our Heavenly Father is. Everyone say, my Heavenly Father. And that's why over the past six weeks, we've been doing this very, very special series here at Thrive. It's called, Who's Your Daddy? Could you turn to your neighbor and say, Who's Your Daddy? Could you do that like two octaves lower and go, who's your daddy? <laughs> We're doing this series called Who's Your Daddy because it's all about getting to know your Heavenly Father. And over the past six weeks, we've had, uh, you know, an awesome time looking, looking at different aspects of who your Heavenly Father is. Because when you know who your Heavenly Father is, you become secure in who you are. When you know who your Heavenly Father is, you have a healthier perspective on your relationships. You have healthier expectations of the people around you, in your home, the person you're married to, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people on your team. When you know who your Heavenly Father is, all of a sudden you're able to experience God in a much deeper and more personal way because God made you to experience Him. And so in this series called Who's Your Daddy, we've been looking at different aspects of the Heavenly Father, looking at how He's our encourager. He's here to lift us up, not tear us down. He's a healer. Nothing is impossible for him. Amen? Amen. Your Heavenly Father, he's one who tests us, not because he wants to be cruel to us, because he wants to bring the best out of us. He's our comforter. In our sorrow, he's there to comfort us. Today, uh, we are finishing off the series with a very, very special message. Next week, we're going to be doing something very, very exciting. You want to make sure you're back here next week for something very, very cool we're going to be doing. You don't want to miss it. But today, I've got a very special guest in our midst uh, who is an outstanding pastor in our city. Uh, pastor Nick Osborne, he's the senior pastor of the Richmond campus of Lighthouse Church, an awesome, awesome church in the Steveson area. And uh, Pastor Nick, uh, not only is he a dear friend of mine, but he is uh, one of the most excellent pastors that I know. And uh, I, you know, he even took time out of his own church this morning uh, to be with us uh, so that he could bring this message. And so we're extremely grateful that he could be here to deliver uh, the, the capstone message of our series called Who's Your Daddy? Uh, and so I think you'd be really excited to hear from him this morning. Would you please give a very warm, warm, thrive welcome to the one and only Pastor Nick Osborne. Can you give him a big hand, big shout in this place this morning? Let's do that together right now. Well, good morning. It is a uh, pleasure to be here. I bring greetings from uh, my wife, Jamie, uh, who is at home. Her family is visiting from far away. And so she is with them this morning, and they're on their way to uh, Chilliwack in a little while. Um, but if you can just go to the first slide here. Oh. It's... Um, It's a fantastic fact of life, if you're a follower of Jesus, that the creator of the universe, the one who made you, who formed you, who gave you your personality, your gifts, uh, who made you as good-looking as you are, uh, the one who brought in the bluebird, the one who brings you the sunsets and the mountains, uh, the most powerful God, creator of all things, loves you so much that he actually wants to have a relationship with you. I mean, isn't that, what, isn't that what the cross is about? Isn't that what the incarnation of Jesus and, and his life and death and resurrection is all about? It's all built on the premise that God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't need you and me, right? God in his trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, is, is perfectly perfect, perfectly complete, doesn't need us, doesn't need anything, but he wants us. He doesn't want you because he needs you. He wants you because he loves you. And this wonderful God who is perfectly perfect and perfectly complete, who in and of himself is life together, he says, hey, come and join me 
in my life together so that we can be in relationship. And so this God who loves us so much is also the God who speaks to us. And that's what we're going to be t- talking about today is, is the fact that God speaks and the fact that we can hear him. You can hear him. And maybe you've been frustrated all your years or months or days of following Jesus thinking, oh, I wish, I, I know that God speaks. I've, I've heard people say that, but I have a hard time hearing him. Well, maybe today can be a day where that changes for you. So you don't need to share this out loud, but maybe with the show of hands, uh, if you think there has been a time in your life where you're pretty sure, I mean, maybe you're not positive, but you're pretty sure that God has spoken to you, just put your hands up. So a lot of people. So um, now feel free to shout this out if you want, but, but how did God speak to you? Did he speak to you through his Bible? Did, a, uh, did an angel appear at your bedside? Um, what, how did God speak? Sorry? Prayers? Yes. Excellent. He does speak through our prayers if we take the time to listen. Scripture, obviously. You know, we've all read God's Word, so, you know, it's a fact that we've all heard God. If you, if you have picked up the Bible and you have read one sentence, then you have heard God speak. So, in, in, in essence, all of us have. Uh, next slide there. What do you think would be a, a common frustration for those of us who are followers of Jesus? If we were to take a poll of all the followers of Jesus in Richmond today, what do you think would be some of the frustrations that they might share about trying to hear God's voice? Any thoughts? Here's one that I hear probably most often as a pastor. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And so I don't take the time. I can't take the time to hear God. Can you think of any others? You don't get an answer right away. He seems silent. I'm trying to hear God's voice, but he seems silent. Anything else? What's he trying to tell me? I'm confused. I can't, I can't articulate what he's trying to say. That's a great one as well. Anything else? One more? Too much outside noise? Yeah. Our minds get cluttered with, like we, I, I, just, I mentioned being busy time-wise, but we can have busy minds as well, right? And we go to be quiet before God or listen to him, and all of a sudden we're thinking about work, we're thinking about relationship stress, we're thinking about finances, we're thinking about everything else except what we want to be thinking about. Yeah, those are all common frustrations in, in hearing God's voice. So what I would like to do today is... Um, this is something that this, the, the, the material that this message is built on is something that Jamie and I have been working on for, for a while. And um, we're going to do some stuff today, but also if you are part of a small group you're, uh, throughout the week, your small group will be doing some things, some exercises around hearing God's voice. But I would like to start with a prayer, maybe a declaration that we can all pray together on the next two slides. So will you just join me in praying this prayer? Heavenly Father, my desire is to hear your voice. I believe you speak, and I believe you speak to me personally. You love me and want a friendship with me. Please use this week to train my ears to hear your voice and my spirit to hear your spirit. I commit to listen. I commit to receive your love and I commit to do what you ask, trusting that you will give me the grace and the strength to do so. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what I want to do is we're going to look at three brief stories from the life of Moses where God spoke to Moses, and just see what comes out uh, to us through the word of God. So let me go first to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. They're going to be up here, but if you have a Bible, you can turn to it as well. And we're just going to take a look at this and and pay attention to God speaking. So I'll just read this, but you can follow along. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. 
There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Okay, quick question. How did, in this story of Moses' life, how did God speak to Moses? He spoke to him through what? Through, yeah, through a burning bush, through fire. So God spoke to Moses in fire. Now we're going to jump ahead to Exodus chapter 19. This is where Israel is coming to Mount Sinai and getting ready to receive the the law and the Ten Commandments. And this is what we read in verses 16 to 19. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. At the blast of the ram's, or as the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. So in this story of Moses' life, how did God speak? Through what? Thunder. So burning bush, he speaks through fire. Here on Mount Sinai, he speaks through thunder. Last verse, last story. This is Exodus 33, verse 11. This is where uh, Moses would go and meet with God on a daily basis, and this is what it says. Verse 11, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face as one speaks to a friend. So in this episode of Moses' life, how did God speak to Moses? Face-to-face. So we have fire, we have thunder, and we have face-to-face, like almost like in a personal quiet time. So what can we conclude from these three stories? These three brief episodes, vignettes into Moses' life, what can we conclude about hearing God's voice? Well, the first thing we know is that God speaks. Conclusion number one, God speaks, and he still speaks. We had the verse earlier in the service. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he spoke to Moses, he still speaks today. In fact, A hundred and fifty times in the book of Exodus to Deuteronomy, it says, the Lord said to Moses. So a hundred and fifty times it specifically says that the Lord spoke to Moses. So the first conclusion, the most obvious one, is that God speaks. Another conclusion we can draw from these three stories is not just that God speaks, but that God speaks in multiple ways, even to the same person. We cannot pin God to one way of speaking. For example, what if after the burning bush, Moses said, God speaks in fire and only in fire? How many times would he have missed hearing God's voice because he thinks that God only speaks in fire? And if you and I, as followers of Jesus, are thinking, well, God speaks to me only in one way, we are going to miss all the other ways God reaches out to us. In fact, if you were to jump ahead from the story of Moses into the story of Elijah, where Elijah finds himself actually back at the same mountain. In, in 1 Kings, it's called Mount Horeb, but another, another, that's just another term for Mount Sinai. So he's actually back at Mount Sinai again, possibly in the very same spot where Moses said, show me your glory. Um, he, there's Elijah, and, and God says, okay, I'm going to speak to you. And there's fire, there's a big storm, there's a big earthquake, And it specifically says God was not in the fire. God was not in the earthquake. 
God was not in the windstorm. So with Moses, God spoke in fire. God spoke in thunder where the mountain shook. And then to Elijah, it specifically says God did, was not in the fire and he was not in the earthquake. But he was in the thin, it's the, the translation is thin silence or a still small voice. So we see throughout Scripture that God speaks, but God speaks in multiple ways. And so do not box God in to one way of speaking to you, because he wants to speak to you all the time. In fact, this is kind of a, this is a personal story. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one, but, you know, that's my life. Um, so there was a time when I was early on in following Jesus, um, probably about three or four years in, and I was walking on the road, and I heard this chirping, and these, uh, you guys know what stellar jays are, right? Those blue birds with sort of the black, gray, crested cap. And, uh, and there was these baby stellar jays on, on the ground. They had fallen out of their nest, and the, and the parents were sort of concerned, I guess. And I didn't really know what to do, um, but this is the weird part. Uh, I, I really felt like, because I was so concerned for these, these baby stellar jays, it, it, I felt like God said to me in that moment, he said, bear with me, I know it's going to sound weird. He said, from now on, whenever you see a stellar jay, that will be my reminder to you that I love you and I care for you. And so throughout my life, every time I've seen a stellar jay, it's like God is speaking to me and reminding me he cares for me and loves for me. And then there was a time in my life where I went through the most difficult, uh, difficult valley of my life so far. It was, it was tremendously terrible place to be. And during that time, for about six weeks, I kept hearing stellar jays, but I never saw one, and I was getting frustrated because I, you know, that's my reminder, that's my personal reminder from God, and I heard them, but I couldn't see them, and again, it was like the Spirit spoke to me and said, that's because in your life, I'm right now, I'm working behind the scenes. You don't see me at work, but I am working, and God used, uh, again, a stellar jay simply to speak to me and remind me that he was, even though I couldn't see him working in that difficult valley, he was hard at work in my life. And it was a very beautiful thing. So, so God speaks, and God speaks in multiple ways. Let us not box him in. A third thing we learn from these stories in Moses' life is that we know that it is possible to hear God. You can hear him. God speaks. God speaks in multiple ways. And you can hear him. You can hear him. Do you believe that? You can hear him. If Moses can hear him, you can hear him. And we're going to discover that a little in, in a few more minutes. So God speaks. God speaks in multiple ways. You can hear him. And then lastly, we learn from these stories that we can learn to hear God's voice more frequently and more accurately. Listen to this. Back in the burning bush. This is the last half of the last verse, which I didn't read. It says that... You know, God spoke to him uh, from this burning bush, Moses, Moses. And it says, when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. So God is speaking to him from a burning bush. Moses is afraid, and he covers his face. And then look back at the last story of Moses' life, 3311, inside the tent of meeting. What? The Lord would speak what? To Moses face to face. At the beginning of his relationship with God, he covered himself because he was afraid to look at God's face. By the end of his relationship with God, they are speaking face to face. And so throughout Moses' life, he learns 
to know, like he, he learns about God. He, lear- he gets to know God personally. He learns to hear his voice and he begins to become, uh, to hear God's voice more frequently and more accurately. And so this is the bottom line or one of the bottom lines for this morning. This is, this is it. The more that you know God, the better you hear his voice. The more you know God, the better you will hear his voice. As you pursue God, as you spend time in the scriptures, as you get to know God, as you, you know, build up this history of God's faithfulness again and again and again in your life, as you continue to pray and have that personal quiet time, the more you know God, the better you will hear his voice. Because God's voice is always consistent with God's character. And so the more you know God's character, the better you're going to recognize his voice. We heard this morning, God is love. And so if we, if we, if we, have, if we hear this voice or just get this thought, you're worthless. Well, we know that's not God because that's not consistent with his character. The character of God is one of, as, as you have learned in this series, like is one of encourager, one of comforter. And so if we hear something that is discouraging, we know that's not God. And so the more we know God's character, the better we are going to be able to recognize his voice when he speaks. This is one of the most beautiful things that I think about hearing God's voice and being a follower of Jesus. In the stories of, of Moses and even in, in Israel throughout the Old Testament, uh, at the beginning, God comes and he meets with people in his tabernacle. There's a, there's a tabernacle, and later on it's a temple, or, a, or here in, it's a tent of meeting. But there's a specific place where God's presence comes, and people go to meet, uh, to meet God and, and hear his voice. And then you skip ahead to John chapter 1. This is now the New Testament and the incarnation of the Word of God, Jesus Christ. And it says that, that he came and dwelt among us. That's John 1.12. The Word of God, the Word came and dwelt among us. Another translation for that word, dwelt, is tabernacle. He came and tabernacled among us. So Old Testament, there is a tabernacle or a temple where you go. Then, New Testament Gospels, he comes and tabernacles among us in Jesus Christ. Wonderful, beautiful. But then, we find the next phase, starting in Acts chapter 2 and beyond, and God comes, Holy Spirit. And what does Scripture say happens when we make that decision to receive Jesus and follow him for the rest of our lives, what happens? Holy Spirit comes and tabernacles in us. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians, you are a temple, you are the temple of God. The temple of God is not bricks and mortar anymore. It's you and I. It's the church. You are the temple of God because the Holy Spirit, he dwells in you. And so when you think of hearing God's voice, we're not talking about God out there somewhere. We're not talking about God up there somewhere. We're talking about God who is living right here, who is closer than your very skin, which is why in the Old Testament, you often see God speak in audible ways or visual ways, like like, uh, you hear Moses heard an audible voice or there's a visual thing. Because he's got, he is God out there. But now, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, who comes and dwells within us, God himself is within us. He says, it says in Philippians that he is at work in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's in here, at work in you, giving you the desire to please God, and the power to do it. And so now when God speaks, it doesn't need to be an audible voice or a visual thing. Sometimes he still speaks that way, but most often now he speaks through inward thoughts, impressions, 
um, a voice that we might hear as we pray in our mind, because he's in here. So if you're thinking, I haven't heard God speak because I've never heard an audible voice speaking to me, that doesn't mean he's not speaking. He's just speaking in a new way. So when you listen to God, when you are listening to God, you are not listening to God out there somewhere. You're listening to God who is living in your very heart. So, we know from Moses that God speaks. He speaks in multiple ways. That it's possible to hear his voice and that we can learn to hear God's voice more frequently and more accurately. Why don't we spend a moment just on the ways that God might speak? What are some of the ways God speaks to us today? This isn't an exhaustive list by any means. This is just some of the more common ways. I think there's a slide for that. So the main way that God speaks is through his word. And every other way that God will speak to you will always agree with his word. Because his word is black and white, in print, in front of us. And so if we are listening for God's voice, and he speaks to us through another means, but it disagrees with his word, then we know it's not God's voice. But the main way, you can pick up your Bible anytime during the day and hear God's voice, because he speaks through his word. Another way he speaks to us is through prayer, if we take the time to listen. I'm sure uh, you have discussed it as a church before, but but you probably know that prayer is supposed to be a conversation. And if I went up to Pastor JB and said, hi, JB, um, by the way, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I need. This is what I want. Um, please, uh, if you can just remember to pray for so-and-so, it's been great. I will see you next week. That hasn't been much of a conversation, has it? If I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I am going to speak and I am going to listen because the other person will want to speak to me if we have a friendship and if we're having a real conversation. Translate that into prayer. If you are going to spend time in prayer and you want to hear God's voice, you've got to take time to listen. If you're not going to take time to listen, you're not going to hear God's voice in prayer. So he speaks through the Bible. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through other spiritual practices or disciplines or exercises, whatever you want to call. And, and I think, um, can I just mention the thing online there? So uh, uh, Jamie and I, we, we have prepared a sort of a handout on different ways to know God and hear his voice. And it has, it has a list. I don't even know. It's probably um, 20, 30 things on there of different practices we can do to hear God's voice. And it's online on, what's the website? MyThrive.info. And you can take a look at it any time and see some of the different exercises and spiritual, uh, spiritual practices that, that we can do to hear God's voice and to know him. He also speaks through dreams and visions and prophecy. We see it in, we see it in, in the New Testament. Well, we see it all through the Bible. Like He speaks to Peter just before Cornelius comes. And he's going to go to Cornelius' house, and this is when the Spirit comes upon the Gentiles uh, for the first time. Uh, God, God speaks to Peter through a vision of, of, this, of this sheet descending from heaven full of unclean animals. And he says, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Referencing, referencing the Gentiles that in a few minutes Peter was going to go and see. He does the same with Paul. He guides Paul. Through, through visions. Um, I, for, a, for a few years, Jamie and I were part of a church in North Vancouver that was a, it was a Iranian church. It was a, it was a Persian church, and it had uh, extensive outreach to Muslims. And I can, I don't even know how many times, numerous times, I met people who were former Muslims who had come to Christ who had said, Jesus appeared to me in a dream. I've, I've, I can't even count how many times I've heard that. But Jesus spoke to them in a dream. He hasn't spoken to me that way um, thus far. 
Um, but he, he's, he spoke to these former Muslims in that way. Another way that he speaks is through experiences and circumstances. We can actually take a look at what's going on in our life, the circumstances we're facing, and sometimes God speaks through those. For example, again, another just example from my life. Right now, uh, Jamie and I, are, we're in the process of, of moving. And if you, if you have ever had to move and find a house to rent in Richmond, you know it's not an easy task, right? And so at the very beginning of this process, when we knew that we had to move, our, our prayer at that moment and all along has been, God, please close the doors of all the places that we're not meant to be at and open the door of the one place that we're meant to be at. And during the last few months, we have looked at dozens upon dozens of houses on Craigslist and other places. We've gone to see uh, over a dozen houses. We've even applied for, for um, maybe a third of those ones there. Everyone has said no, but one. One house has said yes. So, go back to my prayer at the beginning. Perhaps that's God speaking to me through my experiences and my circumstances. When we walked into the house, I can tell you, an angel did not appear and say, this is the house, Nick. But it was the only house that said yes to us. So, we take that as God's voice speaking to us. And then lastly, uh, another way God speaks is, is through other people. And again, you see it in Scripture. You see it with, with Moses, in fact. Moses is getting burnt out, and, and his father-in-law Jethro comes and says, Moses, you're getting burnt out. You need to do, you need to do a, cert, a few things. Why don't you do this, this, and this, and it's really going to help you. And Moses did, and it helped him. God could have said that like in, in an audible voice, but instead he spoke through his father-in-law, Jethro. And so if there are godly people in your life and they're giving you a consistent message, perhaps, perhaps God is speaking to you through them. Just remember that God's voice may contradict your friend's opinions. And if it does, you go with God's voice, not your friend's opinions. So we've looked at these three stories from Moses, and we've come to some great conclusion about the fact that God speaks, and he speaks in multiple ways, and we can hear him, and we can learn to hear him more accurately and more frequently. We've looked at some of the ways that God speaks to us through scripture, prayer, spiritual disciplines, dreams, circumstances, other people. Lastly, we're just going to look at the kind of people who hear God's voice. See, most of the time, God will speak to you about you. Sometimes he may speak to us about another person and ask us to pass that message on. But most of the time, God speaks to you about you. And we want to hear God's voice. And, and we can develop the, the character and the attitudes that, that help us to hear God's voice. So who are the kind of people who hear from God? Well, the first, next slide there, is people who are available. The kind of people who hear the voice of God are people who are available. Think of Moses again. Moses, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. God says, Moses, Moses. He says, here I am. When God calls Abraham, what does Abraham say? Here I am. When he calls Jacob, Jacob says, here I am. Samuel, here I am. Isaiah, here I am. Ananias, in the New Testament, when, when God says, uh, Ananias, I want you to go see Paul. And he's, he, you're going to pray for him. These scales are going to fall off his eyes. Uh, and he says, Ananias, Ananias says, here I am. In fact, that's one of the most, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, 
who is used by God, who hears God's voice, and is used by God in powerful ways, I encourage you to develop that prayer in your life. Here I am. When you go to the mall at some point this week or next week, and you go to buy your T-shirt or your pair of pants, whatever you're looking for, when you walk into the mall, just pause for a moment and say, here I am. Meaning, yeah, I'm here to buy my T-shirt, but I'm also here as your follower and your servant. And if you speak to me and tell me to do anything while I'm here at the mall, I will do it. Here I am. When you wake up in the morning, here I am. When you come to church, when you go to work, when you go to school, pause. Here I am. Meaning, I'm available, God. You can speak to me, and I will be available to you. Hearing God's voice is not about just making time at some point for a personal quiet time and then getting on with your day. That's a, that's a terrible way of looking at this quiet time. It's like, okay, I'm going to do my devotions so that I can get on with the rest of my real day. No, no, no. We don't hear God's voice only for 30 minutes in the morning. We hear God's voice throughout the day if we're available. Here I am. So the kind of people that God speaks to are the people who are available. The second R is the people who are willing to do what he asks. That's the next slide up there. In other words, people who are obedient. If you want to be the kind of person who hears God's voice, number one, make sure you're available, and number two, be obedient. Because if God is talking to you, he might be just talking to you to encourage you, to comfort you, but he also might be talking to you to give you instructions. So be obedient. In fact, this is the number one measure of success as a follower of Jesus. When you get to heaven, when you see God face to face, he is not going to ask you, how many people did you lead to the Lord? He is not going to ask you, how many minutes did you spend in your Bible? He's going to ask you, were you obedient to me? When he calls Jeremiah, he says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to go and preach repentance to Israel, but they're not going to listen. When he calls Ezekiel, he says, Ezekiel, I'm sending you to a hard-hearted place. But whether they listen or not, they're going to know that a prophet's been among them. Now, if Ezekiel or Jeremiah measured their success on, did I transform people? Did I lead people to, to, to God? They would be failures. <laughs> because they, they, God even warned them beforehand that they weren't going to listen. But if you measure on obedience, they were successes. Your success does not depend on how people respond to you. Your success depends on whether you obey the voice of God in your life. And he might say, I want you to share my love with this person, and that person might punch you in the nose and walk away. But you were successful because you obeyed God. So the number one measurement of success is obedience. And, it's just, and, and obedience is just, I hear God's voice, and I do what he says. It's not these people responded in this way, or this happened, or this happened. It's not measured on those results whatsoever. It's simply measured on obedience. The kind of people who hear the voice of God are people who are available, people who are obedient, and lastly, people who are humble. And that's what it says about Moses in Numbers 12.3. It says, actually, no one was more humble than Moses. Why do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want to hear the voice of God for yourself? Or for the purpose of the kingdom? Do you want to hear the voice of God so that you can have a comfortable life? So that you can make more money? so that he can tell you, you know, which stocks to invest in, <laughs> or because you want to be his servant and you want to extend the kingdom wherever you go. Why do you want to hear God's voice? People who are humble, who are poor in spirit, hear God's voice. 
That's why, um, you know, when often when we're talking about when, when, when we share, if God speaks to us about another person and we go to share what we've heard with that other person, we don't go and say, thus saith the Lord, sinner. <laughs> Listen up. We say, you know what? I was praying for you, and I, I felt like God kind of laid this on my heart. Here it is, uh, and you take it, and you, you pray about that, and you receive it or don't receive it. It's totally up to you. That's the humble way of passing on God's message to people, right? You put it in their, you put it in their court to say, now it's their responsibility to, to confirm that, to test that and to confirm that. People who are available, people who are obedient, people who are humble are the kind of people who hear God's voice. So just think for a moment. Are those three qualities present in your life? Maybe that's something you can pray for. Can we thank Pastor Nick for just a powerful, excellent message this morning? Come on, give God a big shout, and let's give Pastor Nick some love right now. Praise God for that. Before I ask you guys to stand to your feet, I want to direct your attention to this resource that Pastor Nick and his lovely wife, Jamie, have put together. It is an excellent resource, and they have very generously uh, made that available to all of us here at Thrive. If you go to mythrive.info, there's uh, a section there where you can go to this handout that Pastor Nick and Jamie have prepared on how, on how to hear God's voice. And there's several uh, numerous, uh, you know, excellent exercises that you can try at home or in your small group uh, to know how to hear God's voice more. Uh, and so we really want to thank Pastor Nick and Jamie. Can we thank Pastor Nick and Jamie one more time for making that available to us? Great, great resource. I was trying one of the exercises earlier today. Uh, and uh, found it very, very helpful. It's got stuff not just for those of you who are uh, very intellectual, but those of you who are artistic, special exercise you can do for that. Maybe you're very much into nature and outdoors and you're kind of a, a tactile kind of learner. You need to kind of feel and touch what you're, what, what, what you're learning. Uh, there's exercise for you there. Make sure you check that out. We'll be doing some stuff in our small groups uh, using that resource. Uh, but we're not here just to give you information on how to hear from God. We want you to hear from God. Amen. Amen. As Pastor Nick said, is that the better you know God, the more you hear his voice. Or the more you know God, the better you hear his voice. And, uh, and so we're going to do that in just a minute right now. I know my son Bradley, uh, thank you guys, by the way, for praying for our family as we've been uh, welcoming a newborn. Uh, we haven't been sleeping very much uh, at all, uh, but God is good. I'm doing a lot of stairs these days, up and down, because my, my, my newborn son really likes me going up the stairs with him for some reason. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if you ask him, he'll say that his relationship with his dad is full of ups and downs, for sure. Um, but the fact is this, is my, my son Bradley, when he was born, um, we didn't know what his voice would sound like. And even in the womb, we didn't know what his voice would sound like. And so, just kind of, I got this weird imagination. So I kind of made up a voice for him. Um, and it was kind of, you want to hear his voice? This is what Bradley was supposed to sound like. It was kind of like this, kind of this very bossy, monotone, low voice, like, Daddy, change my diaper. Daddy, I'm hungry. You're such a slacker, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and when we heard his voice for the first time, it blew my mind. It was the most beautiful sound I'd ever heard. And uh, I know that at that moment, it was something where I only got to hear his voice because I spent time with him. I only got to hear his voice because we got close to him. And if you want to hear God's voice, maybe you have all these preconceptions of how scary God's voice may sound if you speak to him or he speaks to you. But the better you know him, the more you'll find that it's the most beautiful voice you've ever heard. Amen? Why don't we all stand to our feet? I'm going to ask uh, the, the worship team, they're sounding great this morning, to lead us in a song. After that, I'm going to ask Pastor Nick to lead us in one of the exercises in this handout to help us hear from God this morning. Practice hearing from God. Let's do that together right now. Let's respond to God. Let's give him our worship. Let's sing this song together right now. As we continue, as the music continues to play, I'm going to ask Pastor Nick to come up. And just using these next few moments, I'm going to ask him to lead us in one exercise that you can use to hear more of God's voice I you can do that right now. Please be seated for a moment.
Anytime you take a moment to hear God's voice, you need to go in with a certain assumption. And that is that God deeply desires an intimate connection with you. Just always assume that because it's true. Always assume that. God wants a connection with me. Another good assumption, a truth, Jeremiah 17.10 from the message, I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the root or to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. When God speaks to you, he's going to wipe away the fluff and the pretensions and things that you might be pretending, and he's going to speak to the truth of the matter. Thank you, Jesus. So just take a moment, close your eyes. Make some space for God right now in your heart. And I want you to imagine yourself in the presence of Jesus. Perhaps you can imagine yourself in a, in a, in a meadow or on a park bench or some, somewhere. And you're in the presence of Jesus. And while you're there sitting with him, just take a moment and, and thank him for the last 24 hours of your life. From Saturday morning until now, just thank him, thank him for that time. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you see that day as he sees it. And so just meditate on the last day. Think about the last 24 hours of life. And just kind of think through and, and trust that whatever fragments of the day appears in your mind, that's the Holy Spirit putting them there. And you don't need to focus on them right now. Just go through your day and think about, think about the things that happened, the conversations you had. Maybe you can picture them again. The thoughts you thought, the feelings you felt, the attitudes you had, the circumstances. Now, where in the last 24 hours do you acknowledge that God was present to you in those moments? Maybe Maybe you didn't, weren't aware of him at the moment, but now as you look back, the Spirit might say to you, I was here, and I was here. I was in this conversation. Was there anything that went on that, that blocked your awareness of God's presence? Take a moment and thank God for those times when he was present to you in the last 24 hours. Even those times where you weren't aware of his presence, you can, you can thank him now for being there. And ask him for, for the grace and the strength to acknowledge his presence in the future, today. Now, we know from Scripture that we have a God who loves us deeply. But Scripture also says there is an evil one who seeks to steal and kill and destroy. Where in the last 24 hours do you acknowledge the presence of the evil one seeking to steal, kill, and destroy your day, your heart, your relationships. Take a moment and, and repent of any times where in the last 24 hours where you submitted to the influence of the evil one. And ask God, just like Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer, 
that God would deliver us from the evil one. Lord, we thank you for helping us to see this past day as you saw it. Thank you for showing us where you were present. Thank you for showing us where the evil one was present. And we pray that today, for the rest of the day, you would help us to be able to discern your presence with us and that we would have strength given from you to hear you and to turn away from the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen. That exercise he just did was called the Prayer of Examine, and it's over 500 years old. And it's something that you can do each night when you lie in bed just before you sleep. Just ask God for the grace to see the past day as he saw it. Where was he present? Where was the evil one present? And he will speak to you because that's what he does. Let's give God a big hand in this place together right now. Praise God. Lastly, you can stay in your seats. Lastly, we're going to pray for those of you who have never received Jesus Christ in your life. If you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, then we believe that you're here this morning, not by accident, but because God was trying to get your attention. That not just today, but 2,000 years ago, he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have a way back to him. If you never received Jesus Christ into your life and you want to be forgiven of your sins and have a relationship with God, that isn't just for today or tomorrow, but lasts forever. You can pray this prayer. And let's just pray this in support of those who are praying it for the first time. If you want to receive Jesus into your life, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now and say, Heavenly Father, thank you that when I was lost, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. He rose again. He's alive today. And I receive you, Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer and you meant it sincerely, the Bible says your sins are forgiven, that you are a child of God, and the best is yet to come. Come on, give God a big hand, big hand a big shout in this place this morning.